Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 111, The Numeric Palindrome, recorded October 29th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. I know somebody's going to ask me what that means. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) A palindrome is something that can be, is the same forward and backwards, like wow or mom. And so 111 is a numeric palindrome. So since we were struggling to find a title for the show, I went esoteric and pulled out numeric palindrome. I love it. Thank you for bailing me out. I I usually come up with something, but uh, this week there's not really any like one real driving thing, you know, so uh, I was struggling with it. You're always better at really picking uh, good titles anyway. Well, titles, I don't know about good. Now, I, before we go on any farther, I, I wanted to have a conversation with you on the air that you don't know we're having. Uh, oh, good. So, okay. uh, Sean, it's, it's, I've decided to see other hosts. Um, it's, been, it's been fun, but I think it's for the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is she pretty at least? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so anyway, uh, after last week's show with uh, Pete, and you know, if if you've listened to that show, that you know, I had sort of a mild epiphany during that, where he was talking about uh, uh, the uh, the charity, the the altruistic thread that has sort of run through the show, and and Sean and I have been for a while now uh, contemplating the direction we're going to go. We can't sort of continue the way we were going because I'm out of education. And, and so what I think I want to do starting, um, next week or, you know, in the, in the weeks to come as we can line it up is focus more on the, uh, the odd, uh, not necessarily odd, but the, the unique uses of Taiwan tech, not just in education, but, uh, like the guys who are making water filters out of, 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 Home Depot buckets and uh, the guys who who show up at maker fairs with um, with robots made out of mop buckets and things like that. I, I think I think that will be an interesting way to go. There'll be a lot of uh, definitely there's a lot of innovation going on in the charity and in the helping environment. So we'll find things like that. But also, I just think it'll be interesting to to track down uh, things like, you know, the um, the Raspberry Pi device. Uh you know, all the, there's all these things out there that are fit within the wheelhouse of Tightwad Tech, but we've never really been looking at them. So that's the direction that I, I think I want to go. I think it'll be really interesting and open up a whole new avenue of, of show topics for us and guests. Yeah, or uh, like, uh, what was it, Steve Gibson's, uh, what was it, dog killing machine? <laughs> the portable dog killer. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, there's there's uh, the, the Tightwad Tech ethos and the maker uh, mentality go hand in hand, right? It's, it's, um, it's almost steampunk, right? It's grabbing things that don't really go together and putting them together and making cool things. So what I want us to do is start seeking out those projects and those people and start highlighting those. So you, you listeners out there, this is your opportunity to sort of turn things in a new direction. Um, of course we can still talk about education topic. I'm not declaring that dead at all. But, oh, right. Uh, and, and all the other tightwad tech stuff that comes up along, along the way. I mean, right. that's, you know. So, uh, but if you're out there and, and you know somebody, you know a guy who's building a computer in his garage, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I, I want to start looking at. The, the uh, you know, or, or people who are doing really creative things on a shoestring budget that may not be computers. You know, maybe it's uh, a different kind of tech. Maybe it's irrigation systems, you know, something like that. So let's let's broaden that. And so, listeners, we're going to need your help there. Uh, we need you to do some bird dogging for us and, and pointing people in our direction and pointing us in the direction of people uh, and projects. So that's, that's where I think I want to go with this in 2013. You know, as we move forward into the, the third year of this show, that's where I think I want to go with it. Sounds good. I like it. I like it. And that still falls, like I said, that still falls well within, uh, the, the tightwad tech, uh, because that's what those guys are, right? Like they, they take it to a new level even. Exactly. I mean, we at least had some kind of budget. I mean, we're talking about people who are just, you know, finding stuff in their garage and, you know, putting it together, figuring out what they can do. Uh, Thomas Edison once said to invent, you need a good uh, imagination and a pile of junk. 
So we're looking for people with good imaginations and piles of junk. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, Well, uh, a tip of the hat to the season. Uh, It is the Halloween season, or if you're a uh, retailer, it's Christmas, uh, depending on how you view the season. Uh, (laughs) One of the major uh, malls in in the Atlanta area opened up their Christmas uh, village this last weekend the weekend before halloween even so uh depending on who you are it's either halloween or christmas so season's greetings to you all yeah i was uh seeing i don't know it was a couple couple weeks ago i guess uh people were posting on the social networks facebook and twitter where they were going into walmart and this is two or three weeks ago and all the christmas stuff was out right and I thought that was that was pretty wild. And then I walked into the neighborhood Walmart, and sure enough, what do I see? But all the Christmas stuff—it's just crazy. Yeah, you know, I like to shop for that stuff after it's all over. That's when you get <laughs> the best deals, anyway, right? Go in and get all that stuff for like seventy percent off. You know, all the stuff nobody wanted. <laughs> and then come Christmas time last year, you can't remember where you put it. <laughs> right. Right. Or you wonder why that string of lights doesn't work. Right. It was only supposed to work for 30 days anyway. That's right. the way the Chinese made it. <laughs> I've got a string of lights that I bought in college. Two for $5. They were 200 string, uh, 100 light string. So I got 200 lights for $5 in 1991. And they still go on the tree every year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Love it. See, there, there's some tight ones. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> of course, I grew up with the ultimate tightwad mom. We used to reuse the tinsel off the tree. We would take it and straighten it back out and put it back in a bag and save it till next. We used the same one package of tinsel for, for my entire childhood until I left the house. Wow. She so, never bought new tinsel. And the stuff is like 37 cents a bag. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you can buy a truckload of it for like a buck fifty. <laughs> So you probably, do you have that stuff? I'm wondering, you know, were you like so miserable with it growing up that you like never wanted to see it again? Um, some of it came to me, a lot of it didn't. So I don't, I don't know where it is. Uh, she probably still has that bag of tinsel and she's probably still putting it up every year on her tree. (laughs) Love it. Just a quick story that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but this is my show. So I'm going to vent. Um, my wife bought a couple of pumpkins and a small bale of hay to decorate the front porch for the fall harvest season. And yesterday, Sunday, uh, we were going to take those pumpkins and carve them into jack-o'-lanterns for Halloween coming up on Wednesday. We walked out on the front porch Sunday afternoon, and they had been stolen. The pumpkins and the bale of hay are gone. Who would, who would do that? Who would steal $8 worth of pumpkins and a bale of hay? teenagers yeah a friend i posted that on on facebook who would do that and a friend of mine said a horse who wanted a pumpkin pie (laughs) yep yep that's it so i just it just blew my mind of all the things to take it's it's not easy to carry two large pumpkins and a bale of hay so i'm thinking it was probably two people or at least one person made two trips why would you do that why why go through all that effort yeah, no, that's that's why I say it's got to be teenagers, right? I mean, they just just the act of doing it is enough to warrant all of the uh, the work, right? Just the wanton stupidity of it, right? Right. <laughs> well, in some tech news this week, this was uh, a fairly big week in the tech world. Now, Google uh, was supposed to tomorrow have uh, an event that uh, Hurricane Sandy uh, has has put off. So that's not going to happen. Uh, but Microsoft and Apple both had events and released, um, in my opinion, humdrum products: the the iPad Mini and the Windows 8 Surf the RT tablet, the Surface RT. So it's not the full Windows 8; it's just the basically Windows Phone bigger. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I don't, you know, not a whole lot to say about it other than, eh, you know, yeah. 
I mean, I wanted to throw it in there just because I felt like we would be remiss in just not saying anything at all. But, um, well, it, it, to be fair, it's not just the iPad Mini; it's a new iPad, which is iPad four or five, depending if you count the Mini as four. It'd be iPad five. I'm not sure, but uh, um, it's a new. It's basically the iPad with a faster processor. That that's my take on it, but the way I understand it, and and it was interesting because it was only seven months ago they released the iPad three, and it's still considered you know the tablet to have. And then they just turned around and said, "Boom, here's another one uh, in time for holiday shopping." So it's it's an interesting turn for Apple. They they've never done this sort of stuff in the past, not in the recent past anyway. Uh, cranking out products and. Uh, and really listening to the consumer, they you know Steve Jobs was famous for saying that the consumer doesn't know what we want until we tell them what they want. Uh, but now they're you know the seven inch tablet is popular, so they've released a seven inch tablet, and it's in my opinion it's an overpriced seven inch tablet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I thought it was funny, uh, and I think we touched on this last week about the. Um, Oh, what was it? Maybe uh, Samsung or whoever was putting out the the new tablet that was going to well, have. I don't or know. There's even, a new tablet. There's a new Android tablet every 27 minutes, so I, well, I can't keep up. One of the funny things I thought, and I, it keeps making me wonder, like, wh- when are these guys going to come up with the next real actual innovation? Because that one, they were touting an even better uh, resolution and pixel density. Right. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. we can't physically tell anymore. Right. It's better than sense? Retina. It's the optic nerve display. Right. I, I, you know, it just, it was laughable that they even put it in there like it was a feature. I'm like, who cares anymore? Uh, you guys are going to have to come up with something new at this point. Uh, I mean, processor, definitely. I mean, that's that's the place to go. Right. That makes sense. These things are now becoming quasi gaming platforms. Um, so that's where they're going to have to go. Right. Uh, I, and that's cool. I mean, I look forward to that. I look forward to these becoming even more and more powerful, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's about as far as you can go with, the, you know, with that kind of form factor, you know, maybe someday they'll, uh, reach out and become more than a toy, but, uh, right now, it's just a faster toy with a better display. Yeah. Some of the games are pretty cool. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I, I'm doing my first real first-person shooter zombie games on the, uh, on the iPad, and that's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big gamer anyway, so you know, it's, it's mildly entertaining. I read an article recently about a guy who was talking about the iPad as the home entertainment system. So he, he has... Um, this probably $7 million adapter that hooks his iPad up to the HDMI for his home theater. And it, like I have a boxy box, he does all that through the iPad. And he uses his iPhone to control his iPad. Uh, so he's he's got all the movies and the media on that, and he syncs it through iTunes and all that, uses the iPhone as the remote, and uses the, the home theater system with the stereo and everything as the, the display. And and as he's talking about it, I'm I'm just reading, that's... Fifteen hundred dollars for to do the exact same job that I bought a hundred ninety nine dollar Windows PC to do. Right, right. So I just don't understand these people trying to shoehorn this expensive premium device. They're just looking for an excuse to say it's of of value. That's right. the way I read it, anyway. Well, you can. I mean, you can do it cheaper than that. Um, you know, you can get the Apple TV, which is kind of like a boxy box. Um, and you can use your iPad with uh, the AirPlay, so it'll stream straight to that uh, that Apple TV, and then of course hook into whatever it is, either your actual TV or, or you know your entertainment system. Um, you can do that, and then the iPad becomes essentially a really expensive remote control uh, that you can pull everything up and play it and stream it to your large screen. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean the same thing can be accomplished for a heck of a lot cheaper. Now, see, what I would like to see is the that that size device, the ten inch uh, glass tablet device, be it an iPad or whatever else, uh, get down to you know hundred dollars or less, and then it becomes a remote. 
you know, because it's got an IR uh, transmitter receiver in it, or at least the the some models do. I don't know if they all do now, uh, but they, it could be easy to put that in there. You could tie in your uh, you know, your heating and air conditioning through it. There are a lot of those systems are IP based now. Uh, you could do your alarm system. If you've got a security system, you could uh, monitor the cameras. I, I think those sort of things, that's uh, the handy little multi-function device that you have one in every room, maybe mounted on the wall with Velcro. You can pull it off when you, when you need to use it. But at five and $600 for that device, it's just, it's not there. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, technically what you talk about, you can do now. Right. It's going to cost you a boatload of money to, to get it all set up. You know, not just the iDevices, eye, eye but, uh, you know, everything else that goes along with it. So so that's what I'm looking forward to, the, the tablet being commoditized. And, and Samsung and, and Motorola and, and Google to, to some degree, and, and those guys, they're working on that. They're working on, you know, with the, the Kindle Fire and they're they're working on making the Android a commoditized the Android tablet a commoditized device that just everybody can afford a couple of them, and so I'm looking forward to that. That will be a cool day. That will be, and that's when you know the iPad had to do it first for everybody else to follow after. So in that regard, you know I I, I owed a debt of gratitude to Apple for that because they pushed for it. They produced a premium device when nobody else was doing it at all. And then other people followed in their wake and started making them cheaper. And so when, when they've become a commodity, when they've become something that you can uh, buy on, you know, just an everyday budget, then I think, you know, the the real impact of what Steve Jobs did will, will become to fruition. But right now, it's still, you know, uh, a tinker toy for people with disposable income. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, Mark. So uh, we've been we've been hacking away at iTalk. You know, I mentioned that um, at least once before here in the recent past. Um, we're getting real close to having that uh, remote control alt delete working, and it's, it's actually becoming kind of a fun hack. Um, uh, it was actually uh, Tobias actually coded that in there originally, and. As best we can tell, he actually commented the code out. Because it wasn't working. Right. Um, but uh, but that really gets to be on the Windows side, excuse me, as far as why it wasn't working. So uh, so we're, we're tinkering with the code, I should say. But a, a really cool side uh, sort of benefit in the, in the learning curve is we've had to learn how to uh, because uh, what we've basically had to learn how to cross compile for Linux and Windows because right. Italc was compiled in Linux, and that that's been an interesting little bit of <laughs> learning. <laughs> so uh, it, it's been kind of difficult because uh, you know he did this a few years ago, and some of the uh, I guess packages you would call them that he his whole compiling system relied on. Um, are kind of old and outdated and you have to use, you know, we tried the latest version of Ubuntu and it wouldn't work. And, uh, so we're having some fun with that, but, uh, I think we're, we might be getting close to actually making that work. Oh, and I also found out another reason. I'm not so sure that he didn't know how to make that work. Did you know he went commercial with that? No, I didn't. Yes. Yes. So that's another thing we found out is he actually has a commercial product out there. I can't remember what it's called now. Maybe I shouldn't mention it just out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if, uh, if I can remember, I'll throw it out there because obviously we're, we're thankful for the fact that we have iTalk. Um, but yeah, apparently he, uh, he took it and turned it into a commercial product and um, is working on that. So um, yeah, I mean, good to go for him, you know? I mean, he, he did give the open source community something um, of value. And uh, like like us now, here we are hacking away at it, having some fun. Yeah, and, and he's it's still out there. He's got the code available. So uh, I knew that he was promising to uh, to make iTalk uh, for sale, to offer support for right. it. Um, and I guess he just went another way with it. And if you remember when 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 he was on the show, he was still in college. He was a college student, so um, 
I guess he's you know, he's graduated and he's looking to feed his family, which makes perfect sense, right? So yeah, sure, uh, that's great. What is what is the product? Yeah, that's it. I can't I can't remember. remember. Okay, I can't remember it all. I'll try to think. I mean, because you know, as we keep uh, pounding away at the code and we keep having to Google search all over the place for one thing or another, um, that's kind of how we came across it. Um, it's not just out there, you know, blasted on the italk site. Hey, you know, come look at my commercial product now. Um, I just so, uh, I did a quick Google search and uh, I'm not seeing it there, but the episode 37 of the Taiwan Tech shows up in in the search. Nice, it's <laughs> nice to see we can latch on to other people. <laughs> I'm sure, we show up in fog searches too, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. So yeah, let us know how that works out because uh, somebody just this week sent me somebody who didn't know i wasn't uh in working in schools anymore sent me an email and said hey can you recommend uh a tool it was a, a colleague from a couple of years ago and i said you know italk was still the the tool that we had been using and and despite its shortcomings it's still the best of breed out there i have never found anything that was uh better i found some things that were as good but if they're as good why pay for them well, not not for free, at least. There's right. there's a couple. I mean, I've come across a couple that are pretty darn awesome, but they're also extremely expensive. Right. Like expensive, I couldn't pay for them if I wanted to, and if I only wanted to pay for those and nothing else. Um, yeah, what so, that? I don't remember the name of the product, but the 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 English company that that made the product that is really an outstanding product. Uh, and then you know they they made the pitch to sean he brought it to me and i said okay great how much and they told me and i was like that's more than my entire annual budget for what right. you want me to spend on this and and then you know like well maybe we can work a deal no you don't understand you're the, the kind of deal you would have to make is like 120th of the price you just quoted me and there's no way you're going to make that deal and he said right. well maybe uh, and then they called me a little later said we have a new product a new new version would you like to see the demo of the new version i said no it's not that i didn't like the product it's just i can't afford it so there's no point in me watching another demo of a product i can't afford right and that um that software has gotten even better because i got hit up by them again and they wanted me to look at their demo i'm like yeah sure i'll take a look at it be glad to you know i think it's pretty awesome uh, and then I was like, you know, thanks for letting me see it. Cause I know I can't pay for it. And, <laughs> you know, and we kind of went around that around again, but it, we got there real quick this time because, you know, I was able to say, Hey, look, we've already been down this road. So <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh it's, it does what ITALC does plus a whole lot more. It's almost ITALC plus fog plus right. backup PC. Right. Yeah, uh, that that's it exactly. It's got and network uh, network management stuff built in and everything. I mean, it's really neat to see where those things are going because uh, in an education environment, having something like that kind of all encompassing is pretty awesome. But the problem is nobody in education could ever afford it. Right. So you know, I mean, that's great if you're a corporate and you've got a ton of money to spend, but um, you know, I I just don't see us ever being able to afford it. So. Anyway, yeah, I did a quick Google search for it, too. I can't find it, but I'll have to start writing these things down. It'd be nice if we had a place, show something where we could actually put these things down. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe some sort of forum post or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. Or maybe no. you could just put them in Google Docs when that's yeah. working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you, Mark. Beautiful segue. Um uh, I got to tell you about this one. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there because if anybody else has seen this before, please tell me what the heck is going on. Um, okay, so I have a student, and uh, basically they're telling me that uh, wherever the student goes, um, he'll start working on something, and then his computer will shut off. And that's basically all we get. <clears throat> so uh, luckily, this student was kept doing the same thing so we quickly recreated the problem and it was when he would go at first we we weren't sure if it was something it was something revolving gmail because he would literally get on the computer he'd open up the browser log into his uh, gmail and get into his google docs 
And so we knew it was somewhere in there, but it just seemed weird that it would even be in there. Well, we finally uh, whittled the problem down to when he opened one specific Google Doc, and it was titled, um, oh, what's the, what's the game that we, uh, oh, Halo. It was titled Halo, and he was writing about these Halo characters. This was a, a paper he was doing for an English class or whatever. And it had that big, uh, I don't know, most people probably have never used it. There's a font in Google Docs. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, impact. Big, dark impact font. Let so, me just stop you right there, Sean. I know okay. what this problem is. Do you really? I do. Because we, okay, let me tell you, okay, before you enlighten me, I got to tell you what we've gone through because this is the weirdest thing. It has so nothing it, to do with Google Docs. Okay, well, it, it, I'll just say every time, and maybe this will even further confirm it for you. So here's the deal. You open this doc, this one specific doc, any of his other docs you can open, no problem. But you open this one doc, and exactly one minute, four seconds later, the computer will shut down. So we're like, you know, we couldn't figure it out. We're like, we're going to just delete this doc because it's the only thing we're thinking maybe it's infected. Who knows? And I've never heard of a Google doc being infected, but you know, we, we scanned for viruses. We did all this stuff. We finally copied the code out. We pasted into, uh, into notepad. And then we open up the, or no, we, we pasted it into word first, paste that text into word and open that word file minute, four seconds later, the computer shuts down. So then we take it, we paste it in a notepad. We can open it in notepad. So we're like, yay, okay, we're at least able to save your text. Until so you we, save it. Well, uh, well, I don't, yeah, actually, I think we saved it and got it open maybe, but uh, either way, so we delete the Google Doc, we take the text, we put it back in another Google Doc, think, hey, we're home free. Okay, we got you there. We saved your paper. Uh, all is well. Open that Google Doc, minute, four seconds later, the computer shuts down. So. Yeah, I and you know, I didn't go into every single bit of detail there, but that's kind of the gist of what's been going on. So please enlighten me cuz that one had me scratching my head. Oh wait, wait. Vamp for about 30 seconds more. I need about 30 more seconds. Okay. <laughs> um uh yeah, the only other thing I could really say is, you know, this this went over a few days and it's it's one of those funny things where you just never know where things are going to take you. You know, you got you got your plate lined out for the day and everything, and somebody calls you up with this little, seemingly little problem. You're like, okay, we'll figure it out. And the next thing you know, you're spending like the next two days on this problem, you know, and uh, you, you you're trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And you know, to say I spent the whole next two days on it is is a stretch. But you know, we were constantly back and forth on it, trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Uh, so, so Sean, uh, hop onto the Element Op website. And, okay. uh, and pull up uh, Taiwa Tech episode 16 and see yeah. if see if that uh, rings a bell to you at all. So we'll, we'll I'll, I, you know, we'll wait. Do, do, do. No, I'll probably get sued if I do that. So, uh, <laughs> so you're going to go to, to Taiwa Tech uh, slash 16. Oh, come on. Now is when my browser decides it doesn't want to go there. Let me see. So elementopd.com slash tightwadtech slash 16. Okay. elementopd.com Episode 16? Uh-huh. So just tightwadtech slash 16. That's, by the way, that's how you find any of our shows. Enter the show name slash episode number, and you can jump straight to the show notes there. The, t the title of that episode is Whose Land Is It Anyway? Okay. And do you remember what that topic was about? What that I show was? No. That show was about a group of students who had been playing Halo on the network. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, wow. And, and as a quick and dirty solution to the problem, I wrote an <laughs> Autowit script that looks for any window with the title Halo. <laughs> and shuts the computer down. Wow, that is so great. Oh, that makes me that actually makes me feel better though. So apparently that thing is still running on the network. I never turned it off. Right. And so it's still out there. And right. so when he when you went into Word 
and you saved it. You saved it with the title, Halo. You opened it up. It said Halo in the title. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. I can't wait to tell my assistant tomorrow. That is so great. Wow, we couldn't have scripted that. <laughs> so that's a little ghost in the machine there. Um, off air, I'll tell you how to disable that if you want to. Yeah, well, or at least where it's at. I, I think uh, I think I can figure it out from there. Oh, that is greatness. <laughs> that's That's a little tech hilarity there, right? Like nobody else would get that. Right. They wouldn't even know what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, there weren't a lot of sanity checks in my code there. I just wrote it really quickly to solve a problem. And, right. and it's been out there for all this time and nobody noticed it. It wasn't ca- causing any harm until now. Yeah. Well, and I even, I told my assistant, I said, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm far from a tech genius, you know, and I haven't been at, in the game uh, near as long as you, but uh, I told him, I said, you know, I don't know what to do here. I guess I'm just going to have to ask Mark and maybe I'll throw it out there on the show and we'll see if anybody has seen anything like this before. So, yeah, I was really thinking, you know, some sort of code, you know, or a, even like maybe some weird because I really got down to the point where I'm like, you know, there's no code in this because we scanned it forward and backward with everything we could possibly think of. And I'm thinking maybe it's like, you know, uh, what is it? A million monkeys typing for a million years. I'm thinking maybe there's just some weird key combination in there somewhere that was making something execute. You know, (laughs) I mean, I was really grasping at straws. As soon as you said the title of the document, I knew exactly what it was. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That is great. All right. Um, oh, I was, I'm just looking at the notes here, but I've got something in there twice. So yeah, we can. So Sean brought, uh, to our attention this week, a couple of tools that he has been using and that I know nothing about. So this will be an, an education to us all. So we'll begin with Udacity. Yeah. I, I wanted to throw this out there and I uh, just want to go and verify actually i've got it in the show notes um let's see here before i even start talking i want to at least make sure i have the website uh, where is that's it? compelling podcasting right there i'm yeah. searching for a link in his own notes <laughs> and now i can't i can't find it or maybe i you, didn't do it. i'll find it you talk yeah so uh udacity it's u-d-a-c-i-t-y um this is a I think Khan Academy sort of for uh, primarily tech, maybe tech and engineering. Uh, They don't have near the, uh, just the number of classes that the Khan Academy has. And we've talked about a lot of uh, open courseware and stuff like that. And this certainly falls in that category. Um, And I've been keeping an eye on it because they, when they first came out, I think I might've even mentioned it in a show. uh, Oh, a way back. Yeah, it was one of your tips, as I recall. Right. Well, they just opened up a new HTML5 course, and uh, me, both me and my assistant uh, signed up for it. Uh, I've been wanting to learn more about HTML5, um, just really hadn't had the time for it. So I just, you know, sometimes you got to push yourself. So I went ahead and registered for the course. My assistant did as well. And uh, what's kind of cool is... Uh, the course is going to be is going to revolve around designing a browser-based uh, video game. So you're going to learn a lot of HTML5. Uh, I, I want to say basics, but it's really not. And uh, at the same time, you know, if you're into gaming or whatever, uh, you know, you get that thrown in there as well. So uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, they have uh, introduction to computer science, intro to physics, algorithms, crunching social networks. Uh, another one is software testing, how to make software fail. So um, it, there's just some really good geekiness in there. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to starting. Now, this HTML5 course is so new. They open it up for registration, but they don't quite have all the content uh pulled together yet or organized the way they want it so if you're interested in taking this course go out there and register Uh, i don't know if you can see who else is in the course with you but uh if so i'll be in there 
Cool. So, uh, yeah, just don't call the game Halo, and you shouldn't have any trouble at all. (laughs) And my computer completely locked up. I have no notes and no video, so just go ahead and talk. Okay. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're fine. That's fine. Um, There we go. Now it came back. Okay. I I was... I noticed you locked up there. I clicked on a link in Google Docs and everything froze up. Oh my gosh, it must be a bug. Right. (laughs) Actually, I was doing some research on the Grits game. So is everybody making the same game or are you all working on modules of one game? I think everybody's making the same game. Although, like I said, it's we haven't been able to start the course yet. So uh, my understanding in reading... uh, reading the course kind of outline was uh, that you're going to be working on your own game. Um, I would think they're going to keep it fairly simple, but, you know, I don't know. It talks about 2D canvassing and things like that. And So I just uh, tried to, I found it, gritsgame.appspot.com, and I tried to play it, and it says, sorry, no game servers available uh, at uh, with capacity are available. Please try again. So either it's not working or it's so popular that all the servers are full. Right, right. So, yeah, we'll see. But if you're interested in doing something like that, go check it out. Um, they certainly have uh, a whole wealth of other courses that are open and ready to go. But um, I'm excited about this one. I, w- I want to learn more about HTML5. I mean, I've, I've poked around with it. I've certainly seen... Um, all of its capabilities and a, a lot of what it can do is not even fully browser supported yet. Um, but I look yeah. forward to, you know, the more I listen to Steve Gibson talk every week, uh, the more I don't want to learn, you know, like Java and flash, yeah. and, you know, dealing with those technologies. HTML five uh, is definitely the future of the web. Unfortunately, it's not yet the present of the web. So we're trying, but it's still, like you said, not fully implemented, uh, and it's still in development and kind of broken. But I think in 10 years, uh, it's going to be the programming language that runs the web. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's like these things, all these web te- technologies are, um, you know, how many people out there have browsers that can support its functionality? You know, so do you really want to develop for it, you know, uh, hardcore right now? Maybe not, but I think now is a good time to be learning it. Right. And all these people preaching that Flash is dead, uh, they want it to come sooner rather than later, but it's it's just not there yet. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. But I, I do think it's time to sort of put a foot on that bandwagon and start learning how to use it. So I know a little bit about Backtrack Linux. I do a Linux podcast you're expected to know these things when you do a Linux podcast, but I've never actually used it. Used it. So, uh, Backtrack Linux is uh, basically a hacker's distro with all sorts of tools for penetration testing and um, bringing down networks. So, how are you using Backtrack Linux at your school? Well, I quite honestly, one of the biggest uses I have is just <clears throat> testing wireless networks. Um, so it's got some good tools in there that uh, will allow you to now uh, you can use it to hack wireless networks too, or attempt to hack wireless networks. But um, and it, you know, especially if you run into like a neighbor who has an access point that's running WEP or something. Like that. Yeah, WEP is dead. You know, the right. Flash isn't quite dead yet. WEP is dead. Right. So, uh, but if you find one, it's kind of fun to hack it just to just to do it, right? but um, that's primarily uh, what I like to use it for. I'm starting to more now. And I, I, I was getting back to that is, you know, just kind of uh, I want to learn more about the whole penetration testing because, you know, of course now I'm responsible for this network. See, before I could always, I could always fall back, right? Like I could sit back and go, well, well, that's Mark's job. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, rather now that I'm, I'm in the, you know, the captain's chair, I don't want to be faced with a situation where I'm sitting there having to claim ignorance, uh, not a good situation to be in. So, uh, so I'm trying to, uh, sort of do the, the white hat hacking, you know, 
uh, get in and learn just you know how to how to penetration test and uh, you know throw things at the firewall and see you know look for vulnerabilities and uh, like you said this is the hackers distro so uh, if you go out there on any forums I mean this is what the hackers are using uh, to basically do the same thing, you know, uh, do, it's got all the port scanning tools and, um, everything else, uh, uh, oh, scripts for sniffing passwords and, uh, uh, things that I, I'm just learning about EtherCap and SSL strip and things like that. So have uh, you found any glaring holes yet where you thought, I can't believe this moron left that open all these years? No, not really. Um, uh, there's one issue I won't I won't mention on the air because I just don't want it to be knowledge <laughs> quite yet because I'm going to have to fix it. But uh, but nothing. I mean, no, not not anything. It's just uh, it, it probably more it, it it scares you more the more you look at this stuff. Like your tinfoil hat starts to right. grow larger. So even when I say that, it's like no, probably really not. But uh, the more you start to learn, you know, just what kind of tools people have out there and. Um, you know, if I was working for some large organization and had all kinds of sensitive data and stuff, yeah, I'd be, I'd be really nervous. Um, yeah, I used to have people every now and then call up and offer to do penetration testing or whatever. And, you know, they'd say, you know, have you, uh, checked to make sure your wireless network is truly secure? No, it's not secure. It's open. It's unprotected. There's no password. So right. feel free to crack that all you want. It's a public resource. I make it available. So one of the ways that I, uh, that one of the approaches that I always took was instead of trying to lock it down, which will fail, just make it open and take away the incentive to break things. Right. Right. Well, um, you know, I just wanted to, to throw it out there. I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever put uh backtrack in as a, as a tip of the week. Um, we don't talk a whole lot about Linux distros on this show, but, uh, one thing that's really nice, I mean, I used, and again, I still don't know how to say this. Yum, I, I want to call it Yummy, Y-U-M-I. It's a, a multi-boot off of a pen drive, so you can run you know, several different distros. And uh, I, I have it on there, and uh, you know, so I can boot right to it. And uh, you know, from any mobile device, you know, a, a laptop or whatever, um, that makes it real nice when you're going around and, uh, you know, just trying to, uh, test access points and things like that. But, uh, there's so much more that you can do there. They just came out with a new release. I believe it was in August and, uh, that added, uh, over 60 new tools. I don't have a list of those. Um, but they released that at, uh, black hat and DEF CON in 2012. So if you want to be a hacker, there's some people have made it easy for you. If you really, if you really want to get crazy, um, uh, download, I just lost the name of it in the middle of that sentence. What is, what is it? It's like the all in one hacker tool that has everything. Uh, all those hack five listeners out there are yelling at me cause I can't remember the name of it. Uh, anyway, there, there are lots of tools out there that have made hacking, um, uh, plug and play. And, right. you know, it's a good thing to do that because if you're, if you have an unsavory element out there who is using those plug and play tools, then, uh, you probably should be doing it too, to see what you can, what you can plug. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm doing it. I, it's sort of a, uh, a reverse education really. You know, if I, if I look at, I, I find the more I look at, and if you go to their site, and that's another great thing, is they have a really great site, a really great forum. Mostly, it's it's teen hackers, teens and twenty something hackers that you know um, they get an ego boost out of you know hacking somebody's network or whatever. Um, but it's really great because you go in there and you actually learn quite a bit, and uh, in that process, you learn a lot about your own network. That's that's good. That's good advice. Yeah. Do it, people. Right. So that's all I got, Mark. We are right pretty darn close uh, to an hour. Yeah, about 45 minutes, but that's, you know, we can vamp for a while. <laughs> Who says we have to be an hour? Uh, <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Stuff that I never really got into. Um, Which really surprises me, quite honestly. Because that seems like right up your alley. You seem to always love that network uh, network stuff. Uh, you know, maybe if I'd had more spare time, but then maybe not. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. The, the cracking things just to see if I can. Uh, it's, I, I don't play Sudo, Sudoku either. Sudo, Sudoku? Sudoku? Whatever. whatever. I don't play those kind of puzzle games either. It just, uh, it's not relaxing to me. I know some people just would rather hack than do anything, and I'd rather create than, than destroy. That, that's just oh. what, you know, I'd rather program than try to break something. Yeah, and that that's me. I mean, uh, for me, programming or, uh, uh, you know, doing some web development, things like that, that's where I could sit, you know, all night long, you know, start at eight o'clock and you don't realize that it's six o'clock in the morning, you know, um, that type of thing. Uh, this is more the professional coming out of me. I, I feel like, and especially, you know, I'm in a tenable situation. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess once, uh, once you have this network thrust upon you, all you can, you, you find yourself thinking about is what can go wrong. And so, uh, so that's me really aggressively getting out there and just trying to learn, uh, every bit of knowledge I can. Um, so yeah, check it out. If you haven't already checked it out, uh, it's got a cool slick interface too, all black and, uh, flames and stuff everywhere, a flaming dragon background and and whatnot, but it's pretty slickly done and, uh, obviously done by, yeah, people who love to hack. All right, so uh, this is the part of the show where I say if you have feedback, if you would like to let us know anything about anything, uh, but specifically if you've got some uh, cool uh, alternative cheap tech stuff that uh, that you'd like us to look at, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, show uh, if you know some people that you'd like us to talk to um, or some projects you'd like us to delve into, uh, let us know. And and we're we're going to try to go in that direction because I, I think it'll be fun. And the nice thing about uh, you know having a podcast is if it doesn't work, we can always pivot and do something else. Uh, but uh, so hop on over to uh, elementop.com. Use the contact us button at the top of the page. That'll send Sean and and myself an email. Uh, or you can go into the forums and make a post so that the world can see it. Uh, or if you really want to be part of the show in a literal way. You can leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the air using the Leave Us a Voicemail widget at the top of the page. Or if you're just out driving around and want to uh, get an idea out quickly, you can call us at 559-IAM-OPI, and uh, that will do the same thing. It's a Google Voice box. You get three minutes. Uh, so uh, say what you got to say quickly. So yeah. uh, we, we appreciate that, and uh, please... Uh, let us know because uh, you know we sometimes we get out here and we're on a roll and we're doing well and sometimes we're kind of uh, floundering a bit and not sure where to go and that's this is where you can you can program the show literally you can decide the direction we go so uh, if you don't speak out somebody else will and they may send us in a direction you hate so the responsibility is on you vote now or forever hold your peace you know mark it's funny uh I just uh, was listening to a recent episode of Security Now, and I heard uh, they were getting into um, ellip- elliptical elliptic curve uh, crypto. Yes, and they started off the show with, you know, this is what the show is going to be about, and uh, you know, get ready, you know, because uh, you're going to really have to screw down your propeller hat for this one, you know. And when you hear Steve Gibson say that, you know, you're in for it. Right, you're you're gonna really have to be paying attention, and hopefully, you might understand what he's saying. Uh, so it was one of those episodes, and he said, kind of leading into that, he said, "You know, for the last few weeks, we've been just kind of serving it up." <laughs> and I thought, okay, so it doesn't just happen to us, right? <laughs> that's funny. I listened to that episode. I don't remember that comment, but that's funny. Yeah, yeah, you made a real quick comment about, you know, just the last few weeks we've been serving it up or, you know, uh, serving up a softball or something. He made some sort of reference like that, and, uh, which is funny because with those guys, you know, they're serving up a softball is, you know, just still beats everybody else. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when he was making comments like that, I was like, oh, boy. 
Uh, and I, it, I, I had to stop. I changed away from it because I was kind of tired at that point, and I was like, I, completely pointless to try and listen to this right now. Yeah, Security Now is a show I don't listen to at work or while doing anything else. I listen to it while driving. That's the that's the most brain power I can divert and still follow the show. Right. Yeah, especially when he gets off on on something like that, or right. you know, he's breaking down some some. Uh, uh, crypto hack that happened or something like that it's like uh, yeah you got to really be listening to that guy we had a weird sean and i uh a meta moment about six years ago uh, maybe not that far back but a long time ago uh sean actually introduced me to the security now podcast i was familiar with steve gibson and his work as at grc and as a security researcher and even back before that when he was designing hardware for you know white pens i i, I knew the name uh, but Sean introduced me to the podcast, the Security Now podcast, and we were driving to Austin for the TCEA convention, and he queued up an episode uh, of Security Now, and uh, Steve was talking, and Steve is does a pretty good, I'm calling him Steve, we're buddies, we hang out, my buddy Steve, uh, Mr. Gibson, uh, is uh, is fairly good at explaining things, and often he has to water things down quite a lot to make them approachable and sometimes he gets some guff about that but he was explaining something and then uh, and sean at that time had almost no technical background so after steve explained it i would pause the podcast and retranslate what steve gibson had just said and we spent about five hours doing that walking through several different podcasts both on the way up there and on the way back uh and that was my introduction to security now and really sean's first uh bite into the meat of of uh network geekery yeah, yeah, and you know what? That was actually an absolutely great learning format uh, because it's something where, you know, if you had to teach, like you wouldn't have to come up with the content, right? You could just throw on the podcast, stop it every few minutes. Okay, do y'all understand that? No. Okay, what don't you understand? You know, or somebody could raise their hand at any time and say, "Okay, I don't understand," because that's literally how it went back and forth. But uh, I learned so much on that drive. Uh, it was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, so that was uh, that was my introduction to to security. Now I put it in my uh, uh, podcast. Actually, I went and got a podcast app after that because I didn't I didn't I hadn't wasn't a podcast listener, and so security now was the first podcast I ever listened to on yeah. a regular basis. Awesome stuff, and we're always happy to hawk that one for those guys. Yeah, it'd just be nice if someday he mentioned us. That'd be great. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> Not that we haven't asked. <laughs> yeah, actually, a friend of ours, uh, well, a friend of the show, Seth Anderson, he's been on this show, been on a number of other shows, uh, sent in uh, some feedback that got read on the show one time, and he told me that the last couple of lines of the email were a shout-out to the Element OP Network and the Taiwan Tech, and it didn't get read. It was edited. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's great. So we had somebody shilling for us, and it still didn't work. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. Well, uh, Mark, I think we already got the plug-in on uh, how to contact us, so I'm just going to wrap this up with saying uh, great show. You know, one of these days, we're going to do a show that you don't think is great. What's going to happen yeah. then? We're going to be like, uh, Mark, that one just blew, blew all the way. <laughs> uh, glad it's over with. I'm, t it's, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> Just not in my character. All right. And on the, that positive note, uh, it's time to say goodnight. Sean, thanks for being with us. And this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.